Welcome to A Shower of Roses. I'm Jenna, your host. On this podcast, we read together the readings for the upcoming Sunday Mass in the Roman Catholic Church, so that when you walk into Mass on Sunday, you feel enlightened and empowered with the knowledge of the Gospel that you need to have a meaningful and personal experience with Christ every week. I'm Catholic, but you certainly don't have to be to listen to this podcast. The Gospel is for anyone, anywhere, at any state of life. We're so glad you're here. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Audible. Audible is a collection of thousands of audio titles, from audiobooks to podcasts to comedy. So many of us want to read more, but we just don't have the time. But Audible makes it easy by providing downloadable programs that you can listen to in the car, on your way to work, even while you're praying. Yes, you can listen to the audio version of the Bible with Audible and so many other Christian books. You guys, did you know that James Earl Jones did an audio recording of the Bible? Yeah, you can get that on Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash a shower of roses to start your free trial and get a free audiobook today. So you can get that James Earl Jones version of the Bible for free. Yep. That's audibletrial.com slash a shower of roses for your free trial and audiobook. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be reading the readings for November 22nd, 2020, which is the Solemnity of Our Lord Jesus Christ, King of the Universe. And today, I am joined by a very special guest. I'm so excited to introduce to you, Lindy Wynn from Mamas in Spirit. How are you, Lindy? I am just wonderful. It is a blessing and gift to be with you, Jenna, and with all of your listeners. And I just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you. Did I say, is it mamas, plural or singular? It is plural. Thank you for asking mamas because we're all daughters of God together. (laughs) We are. Yes, we are. Oh my goodness. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself and your faith and, and mamas in spirit? Yes, I would love to. Thank you. So Mamas in Spirit was really born of my heart, which has been so deeply, and I pray continues to be so deeply converted in God and in the Holy Spirit. And that really began when I was a child, when I was nine years old, and I lost my grandfather, my beloved grandfather, and I was not raised in a home of faith. And we lived on a levee. And by the levee was a bike path and you could go out there and sit. And we grew up 10 doors down from my grandparents. So we both lived on this levee. And so I would go out by the levee and I would sit on the rocks and I would talk to my grandfather. And eventually that turned into talking to my Holy Father, talking to God. And so I feel so incredibly blessed because that experience of God, of our merciful, loving, attentive God that just wants to console, comfort, and pour into us is the same now at almost 44 that it was when I was nine. And I think that that's so important because God calls us to those pure hearts for God and to have a childlike love for God. And I just feel incredibly blessed that 
those were my first experiences of God and taught me to be contemplative. And I just love how you call us, Jenna, and you encourage us to be more contemplative with scripture. I love that. Thank so, you. Thank you. So <laughs> along the way, I started to explore Christianity. People were placed along my path that invited me into different experiences. And long story short, I ended up going to Catholic church where there is some heritage and some history of Catholicism in my family, just not in my upbringing much per se. And so I would go to church and I would have just a beautiful almost mystical experience of God and that beautiful community and communion of saints and everyone together. And during this time, I was also in high school. So it's really funny when I got my license, I was really excited to be able to go drive to church and to be able to go to church and to explore that on my own with my driver's license, which is kind of hilarious because I mean, I wanted my driver's license for other reasons too. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, but that was one of them. And so I bring up that I was in high school because I think this is very much what we're going to be exploring and talking about with our gospel today. And that is our choice, our choice about how we spend our lives, how we spend our times. Do we choose God in our lives? Do we choose God with what we commit to on both the larger level? Like you just recently got married. I know Jenna, which is so wonderful, your vocation, but then also every day in the littlest ways, are we choosing God? Are we choosing to reflect God and love God in all those we meet? And are we choosing to share of ourselves with the most poor and vulnerable who so desperately need us? So I bring this up because when I was in high school and I was not yet Catholic, I became Catholic in college. I was in the performing arts and very involved. And I danced and I sang and I act and I went to a high school that was more of a magnet school for the performing arts. We performed in a 1600 person theater and it was a really big deal. And I was really encouraged to go into the performing arts and I loved it. At the same time, there was something at the deepest of levels that wasn't fulfilling and that was off about that experience. And looking back, I think even though I loved the people I was with and got so much joy and I could still do performing arts again in my future, I think what it was is that deep centeredness in God and in the Holy Spirit and that everything we do is called to come from there. And it's also a very self-centric culture and a self-centric activity per se, even though there can be lots of goodness, it is very focused on the self and achievement and applause. And this is what I can do. Well, at the end of my high school experience, sadly, my family fell apart and my, my parents got, got divorced. And so I think that really changed the trajectory of me going into the performing arts in a very important way because what I learned for that and what I still am search for, even through Mamas and Spirit, are relationships and family and safety and security and intimacy and that solid foundation, which is also in the script, this gospel passage, that solid foundation in God and in one another that we can create with one another because we are choosing to be deeply rooted in God and the Holy Spirit. And so when I was in college, I would say that was the deepest conversion of my heart in regards to my action in life and what I chose to do. While I very much 
already had experienced God and kind of the more contemplative and, and in some way prayerful part, even though that's always evolving, that was really the time that God converted my heart with what I was going to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And that happened through a retreat I went on after I joined RCIA and went through, was going, I was probably going through the RCIA process at the time. And essentially I went on a five day immersion trip to Mexico that who knew my future husband would be on. So anybody who goes on a five day immersion trip, which really would travel meant seven days of no showering with a guy that asks you out right after you want to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. He saw you at your worst and still liked you. Because he saw my heart because he couldn't right. focus on my hair or, <laughs> or anything else. So anyway, so this was very new to me, these experiences. During this immersion trip, we went to the migrant home. We went to the dump where people lived and we brought a meal there. We went to the orphanage, which is a really critical piece of my story, et cetera, et cetera. And what I experienced on that trip really was Christ. I remember being in the dump and looking in a man's eyes that was going through the, fo the food line and seeing Christ in his eyes. I, it's almost indescribable. It's hard, hard to explain, but it was just one of those profound moments where I saw Christ in his eyes and I'll never forget that because Christ is in everyone's eyes and we are called to love and to serve and to care for every human being because that, that is what God has called us to. And so that experience coupled with going to the orphanage and the migrant home and just seeing these people and experiencing these people that were so vulnerable so vulnerable and really encountering Christ. And in our reflections and our time together as a small community, those of us who went on the trip, there was an intimacy that we had with one another and our leaders that I probably had never experienced before. And we were talking just like you and I are now, Jenna, well, I'm doing most of the talking so far, but we, we were talking, we were talking, we were talking about things that mattered most in life. And that's very much what Mamas in Spirit is about. I'm like a no mess around kind of girl. I like to get to the heart of the matter about things. And so I ended up after that experience going for a summer. Every day we would walk from this Pueblo Tecolote into La Gloria. And we would go spend the day with the children and teach them and just spend time with them. And I'll never forget my first day. I was in my early 20s, like probably maybe 21, and I had to go in the bathroom and cry because seeing these children in this situation changed me. It just, it, it changed me just to see children who don't have um, some of the children are there because their families can't provide for them and other children don't have forever families for whatever reason and they're adoptable. So some are not adoptable and some are adoptable, but regardless, it was just painstaking. It was heart wrenching. And I love these children. I fell in love with one in particular. I don't know. It was just God's handiwork. And his name was Coco and Coco changed my life. He started calling me mama. And I had to explain to this poor little four-year-old, like, I'm not your mom. Cause I knew I was leaving. 
And, but I loved him. I really loved him. I really loved him. So I would say that Coco became Henry. And that is our oldest child who is significantly, he has a significant disability. And we ended up adopting my husband and I, our three children. And so I see how God planted those seeds so long ago and converted my heart so long ago and poured out so fully into me to share with me the meaning of life and and what it means to choose God. Because there's a scripture passage about if you want to know the value of your life, you have to give your life away. That's what Christ did for us. And that's what we're called to do is to give our lives away, to choose God every day by loving another and not from our love because our love we're human and our love is not eternal and it's not endless but God's love is so God will sustain us and help us to persevere in any and every circumstance and so long story short that conversion led me to marry my husband Brian who's very much a Joseph and just a beautiful soul. We have a very normal marriage, everybody. Highs and lows, everywhere in between. <laughs> Don't get the wrong idea. <laughs> but he's a wonderful man of faith. And together we felt deeply called to adoption. And so um, that is that is what we did. And that's what we've done. Um, we Our children are now just about 22, 19, and 6. <laughs> wow. And so it has been so hard and so wonderful. We adopted the first two when they were six and three through the county of San Diego. And then the the third, we found out about her three and a half weeks before she was born and adopted her at birth. And so it's been a wild ride and it's been the best ride. And it was really sweet because one of my parents recently said to me like, Oh, I, I wish I always thought I always wanted to see your name, like in the lights, you know, for performing arts, kind of bringing that full circle. And I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like something's like, whatever. And he's like, no, it's my dad. No, I'm just kidding. What you've done is very moving, but it's really not what I've done. It's, it's truly not. It is God filling God sustaining so that we can hopefully follow our shepherd and we can help other sheep and point sheep towards our shepherd. Um, so hopefully that kingdom grows. That's really the hope that we all do that with and for one another. And that is really what Mamas in Spirit is about. It's about people sharing their conversions of heart, their stories, their testimonies every week through the podcast, which I don't know about you, Jenna, but I never thought I'd be doing a podcast. This was clearly put on my heart. My God, you're shaking your head. No, you no. didn't think so either. No. Yeah which is beautiful, right? I mean, it's just the most beautiful thing that God calls us into to something, but for for a very, for a purpose that's not of our own, Mm -hmm. hopefully and prayerfully. So that's really how I I got here today with you, Jenna. And I, I love people and I love getting to know other people's hearts and stories and seeing how God has worked through them and helped sustain them through really difficult experiences, as well as how people minister to and care for the most poor and vulnerable. So on the podcast, I have people who share their witness and testimony and how they get through more personal situations like the loss of a husband or struggling with a significant um, situation with a child 
or a loved one who's alcoholic or whatever. I mean, there's so many, there's almost a hundred podcasts now. So there's lots of stories out there, but also people who share their own conversion story and then how they are advocating for the porn vulnerable. So like Mm -hmm. through a ministry for human trafficking or for children who are in foster care or like next season, I know that I'll be having someone on who works with those and for those who have been incarcerated, but weren't necessarily tried correctly. And they have enough evidence to prove that the person isn't actually guilty of the crime. Like the Jess Mercy, I think his name, the author is Brian Stevenson, like those kind of people. So kind of all across the board, because we're a human family and we're all touched by so many different things. Wow. That is an incredible story. And I just think adoption is like such a a gift. And I think people, there's so much to learn about it because people think that it's just like, you know, easy and it's not, it's a, like, I'm sure, you know, it's like a really, really trying process. And there's a lot of, you know, disappointments and trials and, and, um, but thank you for giving that gift of adoption to your children and especially your little one. Like that's so amazing that, that and you only, you found, you figured it out three weeks before she was born. I used to work in campus ministry at Loyola Marymount university. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm in California. And one Friday morning, I got a phone call from our local amazing pregnancy health center. Uh, there was a mom who thought that she had a plan, an adoption plan for her child, and it fell through. And she was very stressed and very worried, very much loved our little one. And so they connected us and we met her the next day at the local coffee shop. And it's really interesting. I remember seeing her and I imagine for anyone listening who has ever adopted and met a birth parent, you never know what that's going to look like. I mean, what does that possibly look like? And so I remember showing up at the coffee shop and she's so pregnant and so emotional because she's so worried about the baby. And I remember hugging her and saying, I know that you had a plan and you made this plan, but God had another plan. Mm. And I promise you, this plan is wonderful your child, your baby is going to be loved beyond your imagination. Like I know our family, I know our immediate family. I know extended family. I know our friends, I know our community. And, and she is going to be loved beyond your imagination. And then three and a half weeks later, there she came just most precious gift. Wow. Wow. What an incredible story. And, and it's so awesome how you've been able to transform that into mamas in spirit. And, um, yeah, you just have, and yeah, the conversations you have on there are just beautiful. And it's so cool to look through everyone you've had on because they're all so different. And yet, you know, you've united them all through this common thread that we are all, you know, mothers and fathers in, in spirit, even if we're not, you know, biologically. So thank you for that. Yes. It's very much about the human family. That is what adoption has taught me. I mean, it it feels silly to say I would do anything for my children. I would give my life for my children. That's like mothers and fathers in general. Love 
knows no bounds. God's love knows no bounds. And I always say to people, like, imagine someone taking a child, like imagine Jenna right now, someone taking a little baby and say, Jenna, I need you to love and care for this baby. Like when you're actually looking at a human being, whether they're six or three or an infant or older, the love and that responsibility is sacred and it comes from God's divine love. Hmm. Amen. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. How beautiful. And I'm sure there's so much more and that's why everyone needs to go listen to your podcast. So there's just so many, there's so much more of a story I'm sure um, that's, that's unfolding still in your life. And that's just so beautiful. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. You ready to dive into the readings for the week? Yes. Okay. So Lindy is going to read our first reading, which is from Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 11 to 12 and 15 to 17. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep as a shepherd tends his flock when he finds himself among his scattered sheep. So will I tend my sheep. I will rescue them from every place where they are scattered when it was cloudy and dark. I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord God. The lost I will seek out. The strayed I will bring back. The injured I will bind up. The sick I will heal. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy, shepherding them rightly. As for you, my sheep, says the Lord God, I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you for reading that. What what struck you as you were reading through that? Really interesting what struck me today. It was the lost I will seek out, the strayed I will bring back. And I think that's because I've been asked to pray for situations lately where, for example, a husband or a wife, the other spouse is not practicing the faith and it makes it really difficult because they want to, they want their loved one to have that profound gift, number one, and most importantly, and two, they want to be able to share that and share the thing that's most important to them in their life. And then three, potentially raise up and form children in God and in Christ and have that anchor them, anchor them as a couple and as a family. And so there's been a lot lately in talk of being a silent witness. I just Hmm. released a podcast with this woman, Claudine Carr, and really interesting. Her husband was the witness to her. He was kind of the quiet witness that would always be reading books, reading scripture, going to church and his family, his family. And so I think it's for people that speaks to my heart right now. It's for people to always have faith and trust and prayerfulness that even the ones that it seems like it takes years and years and years to bring back to the faith, even if it's a child or whatnot, to to have that faithfulness and that prayerfulness like St. Monica did for St. Augustine, Mm. to always be hopeful. Yeah. Yep. I agree. And it's, it's so interesting. Like that line that you picked out, um, what struck me was like the way that God, like, like proactively and intentionally 
you know, pursues us. Um, and that he, um, oh, where was that line that you read? Um, like rescuing them from any place where they're scattered. Like, oh my gosh, how real is that right now? Like this, we're all just like scattered, scattered brain, scattered politically, like we're all over the place. And, and it's just so amazing how the, like the father is like, that's not going to stop me from pursuing, you know what I mean? My child. Um, and how, just how, like how precious the sheep are to their, to their shepherds. Cause that's their livelihood. You know, like we're a billion times more precious to God. You know what I mean? I just really love the image of shepherd and sheep. I think that's really beautiful. Yes. And like you just said, that our, our shepherd is the one that feeds and nourishes us and sustains us. And so just like this podcast, Jenna, and us praying with and reflecting on the gospels, we always have to return all the time during this time, during the pandemic, during all this unrest, during all this stress, during there's been fires and all kinds of things, uh, hurricanes, all kinds of things going on in just our country. Let's just talk about our country for a minute. But yet God is still and God sustains. And so every day we're called to be nourished. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Okay. Anything else you wanted to bring up with this meeting or this reading? Sorry. <laughs> this meeting and this reading. This meeting and this reading. <laughs> Just the sleek and the strong. I will destroy. Mm. Jenna and I were chatting a little bit before we started, and I live in the entertainment industry area as of now, and that's sleek. Mm. That's kind of the epitome of sleek. That's the goal, is to be sleek. And sleek is very surfacy, and it's not eternal, and it doesn't get us anywhere. Mm. And as we will get to later in the gospel we are passing through this life. So no matter what we do to try to look sleek or be sleek or appear sleek, that is temptation and that is not lasting. And so we can do as many things as we want to try to look younger or be relevant in regards to cultural values. But God only wants us to be relevant to God's heart. And at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, that is all that is going to matter. Yeah. Oh, amen. Amen. Yeah. And that word sleek, like it, it invokes to me, like that image of like, just what you said, surface level, like it's all about appearance and like God could not care like less about our appearance. Like, of course he wants us to be like healthy and happy, but like he's after our hearts. He is after our hearts and that's why he pursues us like the shepherd. Yeah. Yeah, so beautiful. He's after our hearts. Amen. Yeah. All right, cool. Shall we move on to the second reading? Yes. Okay, so the second reading is from the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 20 to 26, and verse 28. Brothers and sisters, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through man, the resurrection of the dead came also through man. For just as in Adam all die, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life. But each one in proper order, Christ the firstfruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end when he hands over the kingdom to his God and Father, when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power. 
for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. When everything is subjected to him, then the son himself will also be subjected to the one who subjected everything to him, so that God may be all in all. Hmm. Any thoughts on that reading? The part that struck me most right now is the last enemy to be destroyed is death because there's a lot of sickness and suffering and death right now. And I don't know about everyone listening, but for me, that's become more personalized as I've learned of loved ones of people I either know or an acquaintance through my community who are actually losing loved ones to COVID or to other illnesses during this time. And for example, one person in my life, I'm in a a group with her and she was sharing, there's so much mourning going on. There's so much grieving going on. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's so important for us to remember in our hearts and deep down in our souls is to bring all of our mourning to God, bring all of our grieving, bring all of our worry, bring all of our fears to God, knowing that death will pass away. Death will die. That will be the last thing to be eradicated per se. Right. And we will be together in complete joy and with a full sense of belonging and complete sense of home when we leave this life. That is something in a sense, almost too long for to desire while staying fully engaged with that like healthy spiritual detachment that this is only where we are for a time, but that our home ultimately that we're called to every day is that home in the Lord, that prayerfulness, that being with the Lord, sitting with the Lord, being present back to God's omnipresence, but also knowing and staying focused on that we will pass from this life as will all of our loved ones. And the goal is to be in this complete holy home that we can't even imagine how awesome it is for all of eternity. Mm, Yes. Amen to everything you just said. Um, I love the word detachment and I think it's such an important lesson. I, I think especially to teach like young people right now, like when I was teaching, that was the lesson. Like I, I like gave to the the girls over and over again is like, you don't, we don't get to take anything with us. Like nothing physical will come. So you have to be okay with all of that going away tomorrow. You know what I mean? And it's something that we really have to discipline ourselves in, I think. Um, but you have to be okay with it. Now it doesn't mean you have to throw out all your stuff right now, but like if it was all gone tomorrow and that was the end, like you, you have to be okay. You have to be okay with it. You have to be okay with with that being the case because that is going to be the case in eternity, you know? Um, yes. Yes, I love what you're saying because what goes are our spirits to be with God. And I right. think that's an important reminder as we encounter each person every day and as we reach out to the poor and vulnerable in whichever way, that could be the poor and vulnerable. There's lots, lots of poverty St. Mother Teresa talks about the poverty of not being loved. So Mm. you could have people around you all the time and even loved ones in your family that are impoverished in a sense. And then we have the literally poor, those who don't have enough of these things, don't have enough basic needs and things of the sort. So I think it's so important for us to almost be detached all the time from what we see so that we can 
experience people at the soul level and know that everything else is passing. Mm, right. Cause that's the only thing that matters is our relationship with God and with others, because mm-hmm. those are the things that are, we're going to take it to heaven, right? We're going to be in the communion of saints with each other and with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Okay, good. You ready to move on to the gospel? Yes. Okay. So the gospel this week is Matthew chapter 25 verses 31 to 46. Jesus said to his disciples, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him and he will separate them one from another. As a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. A stranger and you welcomed me, naked and you clothed me, ill and you cared for me, in prison and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink, a stranger and you gave me no welcome, naked and you gave me no clothing, ill and in prison and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister to your needs? He will then answer them, amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Woo. What sticks out to you as you were reading that? Goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, I was feeling like, the heaviness of it as you were reading it, but also it was getting me like, kind of like amped up because it's like, you know, everyone ponders this question. What do I have to do to get to heaven? Like, what's the standard? And like, Jesus lays it out, like flat out here. Like, this is the standard. It comes down to serving others. You know what I mean? What are your thoughts? Yes, I think it's important for us to remember that God calls us personally. God's love is an intimate God and God speaks personally into our hearts and converts each one of our hearts. This is a God of every person and human, but also an intimate God. Mm. And so I think it's important for us to be discerning. As we all probably know, God has blessed us all with different gifts and just the gift of who we are. And so for for all of us, for you, Jenna, for me, for every person listening, it's so important that we trust that first, like Jeremiah 29, 11, that God has a plan and a future filled with hope. That doesn't mean a perfect future. That doesn't mean an easy future. It means 
centered in the hope of God. So how is God calling each one of us to give and really to give what we have been given? Like I always think about when someone says, that they were so touched by another or whatnot. That's because God touched that other person first Mm. because that's the impetus to give. And so what I want to encourage to all of us is to be very prayerful and to pay attention to whatever existential tension that we have in our own lives, if we don't feel like we are doing enough, because sure, we can always do more, but it's not about doing more in our secular culture way. It's not about checking things off the list and having too much to do. So then somehow I feel important. It's about really discerning and listening to our call and giving ourselves fully to that and seeing how God continues to deepen that over time. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm so with you. Um, and and yeah, like I, I like you read this and you're like, oh my gosh, I have to do all this stuff. And it's like, no, what you're saying, like the Lord has given each of us specific like charisms and gifts. And so like what what are what's one thing? Like hungry gave me food. Okay, like what is this one, maybe just one of these that the Lord has given you a charism about? Um, because I don't, you know, there are things on this list that I'm like, yeah, I'm good at that. But like, you know, the thought of going to a prison, like that scares me a little bit, but the, for some people, maybe someone that's more extroverted, that's not a problem for them. And so it's like the Lord has, like you're saying, like has given us these gifts and charisms and it's like, he's calling us, you know, to use them for this purpose. Well, I think that our call can scare us mm-hmm. because God thinks big. <laughs> yeah. Oh, ain't that the truth? God dreams big. And that is beautiful. I think it's so important for us to be, I was formed in Ignatian spirituality quite a bit because I went to Santa Clara University for my undergrad. And then I, as I said earlier, I worked at Loyola Marymount University and there's a saying there. One is that St. Ignatius helped souls. That's the whole point is to help souls. And the second is to be a contemplative in action. And so we have to be in this cycle all the time, present and aware through our actions. And then in stillness to see where God's revealing God's self Mm. calling us through those actions. And so what I would really encourage listeners is listen to what you naturally feel most passionate about and drawn to. Like I shared my story of adoption, like God clearly revealed God's self and my call through that. And then there were practical factors that fed into it. For example, we have been open to life, my husband and I, but yet I have never been pregnant. And I'm at peace with that because God planted a call on my heart and called me to that. That doesn't mean I didn't struggle with that at times or that sometimes I don't see someone who's pregnant or having a baby. And I'm not like, Oh, what's that like? That would be cool. You know, it's not, and that's not to minimize, like some people really struggle with that. And I think that's really understandable, but it's where is God revealing God's self through this? So for me, it was adoption. But for example, Jenna, when you talk about like prison or we could talk about foster care, we talked earlier about those who are trafficked or the homeless or the hungry or whatever. There's, I mean, 
there, or those who are needing love? How about the, those who have significant disabilities? And there are so many people out there that need to be loved and need to be fed into and nourished and accompanied. And so I would really encourage all of us and everyone listening to try things, get out there, get out there. Like if you have tension and existential tension that I should be doing more or God might be calling me here, go feel it out, go be a contemplative in action, go sign up and check out the prison ministry or like get on the bus, which is a program that takes children whose parents are incarcerated to go visit those, those children, or go, go um, talk to someone who runs a ministry for those who are trafficked or attend a fundraiser, go, go talk to someone at your local pregnancy help center, or go do a feed the hungry program or whatever it is. And, and really pay attention to where is God personally calling my heart? Because God needs us everywhere. And that's why not one of us is more important than another. Not at all. God needs us all. So we each need to discover our calling, discover our vocation, so that we can be Christ's hands and feet in the world. Yo, amen. Amen. Yep. You just gave us so many good ideas. So many good ideas. These are God's blessings to me, girl. That's they all are. I'm sharing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Awesome. Okay. Anything else you need, you wanted to touch on with the, with this gospel? No, just, just, just to remember, it says, when did we see you a stranger and welcome you just mm. for everyone to remember, we're never a stranger to God. Mm. No, what, no matter what's going on in our lives and our communities and our relationships and our own beings, this is a very difficult time. You always have a home with the Lord. You mm. always have a home in the silence. And I know Jenna is such an encouraging person and will help point you places if you need to be pointed somewhere or prayed for, or just to feel like you're not alone. And you can always reach out to me too, because we have to remember mama's in spirit. Oh, this is kind of sweet because it ties back to the orphanage. When I was at the orphanage and lived in Mexico, the children were referred to the little girls as mama. It's a term of endearment. Like wow. my, my, my little one, mama. Wow. And so mamas in spirit does not mean that we're all literally mothers. It means that we're all daughters of God. And we always have a place of belonging and sons of God. We always have a place of belonging with God. So I just want all of you to never forget that. Always remember that because I completely believe like the scripture is talking to when we go home to the Lord, we will be going home. It is something that's going to be known, not something that's foreign to us. Wow. That's such an interesting thought. I've never thought about that before. That's beautiful. Mm. Oh, Lindy, this is so awesome. I've so loved talking to you. Do you, or maybe that was your challenge. Do you have a challenge for us for the week? Or was that it? Maybe that should be it. I created, <laughs> I created, can I give two? You so can, someone absolutely. can choose? Yes. This is absolutely. not for you to have two things to check off your list. It's so listeners can pay attention to which question or which challenge sparks your heart more. So one is to either be in the silence and to craft and mold and create time to listen to God just in whatever way works best for you. That's one. 
The second one is, is to love your neighbor, to think of one person this week, just one. It could be someone in your family. It could be someone in your neighborhood. Maybe it's something like going out and doing a feed the hungry program because that's already been on your heart, but to literally follow through and concretely love your neighbor this week in one way. That's beautiful. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Lindy, where can we like connect with you and learn more about you and Mamas in Spirit? So you can go to mamasinspirit.com and there are almost a hundred faith-filled podcasts for you there, as well as some other resources. You can reach out to me through my website. You can also email me at mamasinspirit at gmail.com. Mamasinspirit, M-A-M-A-S, is also both on Instagram and Facebook. And especially on Facebook, I do do some live videos, just depending on when I feel drawn by the Holy Spirit. And let's be honest, I got a lot going on here with these kids. So, <laughs> so but I, I love connecting and connecting in the Holy Spirit. So please reach out at any time. And there is a podcast very likely that will speak to whatever situation you're in right now. And if I can help point you to that podcast, I'm happy to do that too. Mm. Beautiful. Awesome. Lindy, thank you so much for being on. This has been so great. Thank you, Jenna. It's been a blessing. And Jenna's going to be on Mamas in Spirit next season. So stay posted. Coming up. Very good. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. Please be sure to subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And it would be awesome if you could give us a good rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Those ratings help us get this message of the gospel out to as many people as possible. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at A Shower of Roses, and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash A Shower of Roses podcast. You can also check out A Shower of Roses podcast.com for more information about the show or to send us an email or feedback. We'll see you back here next Wednesday. God bless you and have a great week.